Welcome back, Crybabies, to another wonderful episode of the Crybaby Anime Club. Yeah. You are in the house. Me. Um, you are in the house with DJ Lucifer. Olivia. Yosh. MK. Yeah. <laughs> Today we're just lippity. Just, just with a sigh of resignation. Just a sigh. <laughs> Well, I'm really happy to be here with you all again. Um, welcome to our next recording of the Crybaby Anime Club. Um, the Sunday brunch feels fantastic for me. Um, and I'm so happy to be here with y'all. Um, before we even like get started, I wanted to ask y'all, if you were reincarnated as a god, what, you, what would you be the god of? live before we answer this question i have a question about the question Ooh, a question about the question so go for it so in the movie the bunny lord or whatever is awesome said that it took him nine years to decide and then he became the god of like decisiveness and good decision making right? <laughs> right so is it what you already are or what you aspire to be what you aspire to be or what you okay. are whatever spin you just because i'm like i think it's funny that it's like i know the joke is like it took me a long time so i'm gonna be the god of decisive you know what i mean so is it is it that what you would like like what you aspire or i guess both you answered it okay. yeah you could be both or have okay. different opinions Hana. okay i i love that question though i will say choosing to wait it's still a choice. It That's is. still being decisive. That is true. It is. I think, I think he just was like, I know there's about to be some drama. Some, some new drama. I'm staying to watch it. <laughs> Avatar throwback. Tea, okay. <laughs> yeah. Someone go. I, I think so. Yeah, I, I was also confused at first how that, like, the god of things worked. Um, because I, I I was even confused about the sword, but that's that's for another point. <laughs> but uh, oh man, I See, would. That's what happens when you don't grow up Christian with all the saints, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my uh, brain without the religion stuff. I'm like the god of hoagies. I want to be uh, in charge of good sandwiches. You, know? you would like, be I a don't... fantastic god of hoagies. Yeah, honestly, I want to be hoagie go- hoagie god. <laughs> So Especially that's... knowing that we spent so much time of our initial like friendship building at a Wawa. Um, and quick check. And quick check. Yeah, true. <laughs> you would be a fantastic god of hoagies. Yeah, hoagie god. Hoagie god. Fuck yeah. Or subs for regional listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I similarly, I, I know they made the joke about like like being a tool god in in the uh, movie but I, I was like thinking about that and I was like actually that's kind of cool and I'd love to like if I could like reincarnate as like a really like great pen that like never ran out of ink that never like had the thing where you're writing and it like doesn't like like oh, a smooth flow never falters doesn't give your hands calluses always makes like like speaks what's in your heart down onto the page into words into drawings i would love to be just like some sort of ethereal pen so pretty much like would that prevent uh writer's block too 
Yeah, like like it would kind of like circumvent the struggle between taking what's in your head or your heart and putting it on a page, you know? Wow. I'm done well, with that. Yeah. Well, I'll go next. And I don't know. I <laughs> This is my first instinct. And I think it's just because it's 2021 that I'm like this right now. But I just, maybe less of a god, and I would just be a reaper. (laughs) 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 And that's just how I feel. Um, Every time I'm like doing some yoga thing or like yoga with Adrian, and it's like, your intentions or what do you want to manifest or what do you want to be and I'm just sitting there like reaper (laughs) at like eight in the morning or eight at night and it's just been the first thing that popped that's been popping in my head since 2021 has started that's good beautiful energy yeah Yeah. bringing the chaos in I like it very 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 good very very good very kind of like similar I was like I don't know if I want to be like the god of anything but I would really like to just kind of be like a like a what what do they call them like a will of a wisp like I would just like to be like a little forest spirit just kind of like wisping around doing things yeah kind of like a a little yeah like a little nymph yeah like all of these things I would just like like to be that, like, I don't know, that thing where like, I had like a really romantic image of it this morning um, where it was just like, like if you just like feel the wind, like kind of gently breeze by you, like that's just me being like, oh, hey. <laughs> it's like you're the one giving people the chills, but they're like, it's more of a caress than a chill. Yeah, or and sometimes <laughs> it would be a chill. Sometimes I just want people to be like, to know I'm there and be like, excuse me. Wow. I mean, if we're going to like, if we're going to like fold in, you know, some like aesthetic too, like you said, forest nymph, I mean, I want to be like a rainbow mermaid fairy princess, um, who like (laughs) keeps, who has a million of whatever puffball thing Chico is in this movie. I just want like thousands of those just always surrounding me just everywhere it's like the opposite of the soot sprites <laughs> yes, yes yeah and just yeah and just uh, I'm flowers everywhere and just yeah <laughs> all those little fluffy things I just want to say pink hair. us in our like reincarnate forms is just the classic queer friend group <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, none of us is dressed in the same event. (laughs) But we're all going out together. It's like, how did this happen? (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, y'all, I mean, I think that brings us to like the top of the page, right? Like we keep talking about what movie are we referring to? Well, that would be none other than the action adventure slash fantasy slash coming of age film, The Boy and the Beast, um, also known as Bakemono no Keo, right? I think I said that right, Um, which is literally Child of the Monster. It was directed by Mamoru Husoda, whose other um, directing credits include co-directing the US release of the Digimon movie. 
He also was the primary director on the first two Japanese Digimon movies. Um, he's the director of The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, Summer Wars, Wolf Children, Mirai, and um, Belle, which is actually being released in the summer of this year. The film was released originally in July of 2015. And I think it's just a really, really beautiful film for so many different reasons, right? I think um, part of what makes it a coming of age is that it's a story about a young boy who loses his family and in a sense loses his childhood and is thrown through this like what does it mean to be a person in this world? And he ends up like falling into a fantasy realm and growing from that experience, right? Um, so there's like this very like losing your childhood um, growth experience that comes from it. Um, and also this like idea of what does it mean to like find yourself? What does it mean to have strength? Um, and what does it mean to just kind of like grow up in um, in a setting that is not your own, right? Um, and I think in a way that this uh, show does it in a very interesting way is that, I know this is like a topic that I always bring up, but I'm gonna bring it up is the topic of liminality, right? Um, and so what does that mean? I've brought it up before, just quick little introduction. Um, so liminality literally comes from the word limen, which is Latin and it means threshold. It's been used in anthropology to describe the quality of ambiguity or disorientation that occurs in the middle stage of a rite of passage. That means that the person or the experience of liminality is a situation in which you no longer hold a previous status, but you have yet to transition into the next status that you will be. So much like Britney Spears, I am not a girl, not yet. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to become. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> liminal song. Exactly. <laughs> um, so what I thought, what I found was like interesting about this film, right, is that it brings up these liminal situations. And I think that is very easily lent to itself by being a fantasy film, but it does so by exposing us to like these opposing forces within the film, right? Um, and so even though you kind of have this like liminal sense of this liminal lens that's going on in the film, these opposing forces are brought up. And so I just kind of wanted to check in with y'all and see like, how does that help you understand the film or what some of those were, Yash? So for me with the liminality, I, I mean, it was pretty apparent like in the directing from the beginning, um, the cuts, the way that things were edited, the compositions would be really simple and kind of minimal. It would be more just like a white background with simple line work. And then it would cut really quick to the busy city and, every, and everything very crowded. And um, it was very dynamic. Like it sets up this sort of tension and like, the way that even just in the intro, it was so tense where it would be like a shot and then the black text or like the, the black background screen with the text on it. And it would just kind of cut between loud and busy and then like the quiet, loud, busy, quiet. Loud. And like it was doing this thing and the music too is supporting it that is very much like, all right, there's <laughs> a division going on somewhere. Um, and it's just really clear. I felt like from the beginning of it. Part of it too, I guess, is that uh, set, like creating and kind of highlighting that division 
you're creating something to aspire to. You're trying to bridge that gap and try to like unify parts, which I think is interesting too, especially the way that he wants to learn his movements and kind of mimic him in a way. Um, so it's like having these differences set up from the beginning and then try to bring them together. I also um, noticed it a lot in the art style. I think um, something that was uh, really cool about it was the idea of worlds within worlds, right? And like, you kind of got that through whenever they were like showing the human world, there was always these interesting cuts with like the surveillance cameras in that one block, right? And so I like, I found it really interesting how they pointed to that in the beginning, but it was kind of just like, Oh, we like an interesting way. And when they originally set it up, I was like, oh, are they going to have like a theme about like surveillance in this film? Is this going to somehow tie in? But in the end, um, especially with like, you know, down the road near the end of the film, when um, the darkness is interacting with the human world and you see like what the people are seeing is this mirage of this whale shadow. But what the camera's picking up is actually just. Um, Ichiro Hiku, right, is just them and like their spirit darkness thing. So I found it like really interesting to kind of point to this idea of world within worlds that not only exists between the human world and the like the beast world, but also this like other sense that there are other worlds that exist even in these realms, right, MK? Well, and I, I also find something that's interesting between the two realms that coexist is the um, be the beast world seems to be further back, like historically, like they don't have technology and they don't, it's a very like, I mean, the scene was amazing where you see the weavers, you see the dyers, you see the blacksmiths, like all of these really cool crafts that like, for the most part, aren't as common anymore. In, in the human world, there is not just overcrowding, tall skyscraper. I mean, it's downtown Shibuya, like is the is where that's happening, um, which is a part of Tokyo. And it's it's obviously very crowded. They have the subway system, um, which Josh pointed out was kind of funny, like the assumption that the uh, the uh, Ichi Ichinohiko, who was raised in the beast world, doesn't know that subways are there, I think was kind of the thing. Like he's looking around like, where'd they go? Um, but part of the aspect of the um, security cameras picking up the um, just the, the kid and not the whale, not like the illusion, it's sort of saying that there's more to the world and there's more to life than what is... Um, capable like like then what can be seen by technology or affected by technology which and that's kind of like a I, I forget if it's the grandmaster rabbit that says it but that uh that the that sometimes the illusion is greater than the or like like the illusion has like a greater reality than reality and i, I think that's also one of those things that you're tying between these two worlds that liminal space is where magic is and that's like really the the bind between the two, like that holds it there. And like that, that's the thing is like humans can see the magic. They see the whale in person, but the camera can't see it because it's a stupid fucking camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also like, it's also interesting, like a lot of like the mythos of like what cameras can pick up versus what we can pick up right and in like just fantasy in general they always kind of like very similar to how a mirror can show or not show things about 
the supernatural, the the preternatural, right? Um, and like a camera can also pick up some things that the human eye can't pick up. So I thought it was just like an interesting way to show that. I also find it really interesting that there is this kind of like paranormal thing that is also happening in the film, which is like the appearance of this kid's mom, right? And like how there are just little moments where she pops up and she interacts with him. And at first I was like, oh, this is completely like just the kid having like, Cuta having these experiences of like his mom visiting him or whatever, but there's a scene and it's actually one of my favorite scenes in the entire film when he's like mimicking Chico, right? And he's just like, achoo, achoo, that was just you, <laughs> right? And then the mom comes and like drops some fucking knowledge and is like, listen, you have to become the beast in order to like grow, right? And like, that's what sets him on this entire journey. Um, there's a moment where even Chico is like, wait, was that just like, was that a ghost? Or like, what was that? And that's also really interesting too, because that's something from like, it shows just the interaction between the human world and the beast world, right? Like they do operate on like a similar plane of existence, but also like you were saying, MK, like there's things about the beast world that as a society are very drastically different from how they are in the human world. I think something too, um about uh the cameras and the and like the parallel to the beast world something that i thought was kind of crazy about the rabbit as the leader grandmaster is that he just shows up silently and is just there so there is the constant possibility that he will show up wherever you are and interact with you so he is panopticon squared <laughs> you know like you are constantly in the risk of running into the leader of the city at any moment <laughs> which is like the like the reminder and the funny thing is for us like the cameras are for us because the cameras aren't like that view from the video feed people aren't seeing that that's not it's not the same kind of reminder they see a camera we see the feed so it's mm -hmm. a very different sense of presence whereas like this, this person is literally like a living person that, that is in charge of everything and can just show up, which almost to me is a little more intense because it's like, you know, someone who is looking through the camera has to call their boss. Their boss calls someone who then has to call someone and then it gets up to the head versus this motherfucker is right there. And he's just like, hi, I'm the president. What are you doing? I feel like that's very him, though. Like, that's yeah. very, like, him because he's a rabbit. Like, I feel like the other grandmasters, some of them might just kind of be, like, uninterested. Like, especially, which one was it? The, like, is it the cat that's just like, oh, I'm just interested in, like, staying here and, like, playing with my psychic abilities. I really don't care about anyone. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that, that and the stone one, too. The stone oh, yeah. yeah. The stone one was cool. Back to stone. I was just gonna say like, so yeah, like we we see those security camera shots and like it is just for the audience. Um, and what I also liked is at the very beginning of the movie, like how it is presented to the audience because you have the two narrators, which I'm pretty sure are, oh my God, I'm gonna forget their names, but the like baboon monkey dude and then like the pig monk. But they started off by saying like, oh, you guys always wanna hear this story. All right, I'll tell it, I'll tell it. Um, and so I also kind of like the idea that uh, we have these narrators that are like, tell like telling us a story as the audience, which I just liked how that was presented. I thought that was nice. 
Yeah, I, I also just loved, I because I listened to the English dub version and I loved their voices actually. Normally I just listen to the Japanese and read the subtitles, but I actually, I loved the music. I loved all of the voice acting in this. Um, but yeah, I mean, one thing that I liked about the camera shot that just uh, showed the boy is that uh, like it's like well which which viewpoint was more real you know it's like you had like what was the illusion you know because like both both are real both was that there's this like giant whale of darkness but also I actually find it to be more true that it was um, Ichiru I think is his name um, like I kind of liked that component of it because really only Kyota could it, it's like the camera and Kyota could see what was really going on um but but yeah I mean I think with like technology or, or, or something like that it cuts you off from other perhaps like instincts or being able to connect different senses together but you know in, in terms of like what is the illusion or what is real like that is what one of the grandmasters was talking about like I just thought that was so interesting that he would dare say uh illusion is strength so like almost like the and and that honestly connects with the panopticism too or like your own internalized view of yourself uh because it's like oh well you know what what's better the illusion of strength like people just not wanting to mess with you because they think you're strong or you know whatever the illusion might be um or that amplification so I, I also see a connection there as well. Also, just uh, like jumping off that point, how illusion can kind of show up in different ways. Like someone might see like a fantasy story and be like, oh, like those are just illusions. That's not something to believe in. But then they'll go and believe in ego or go believe in like the credibility of like this family bloodline and our heritage. Like we need you to be the leader because blah, blah, blah. Everyone is operating with a certain degree of illusions on board. It's just kind of how the thing works. So it's fun to kind of play with the levels a little bit and challenge people. Um, because also, like, when some of the people get challenged, they're kind of okay with it. Uh, like, um, uh, Kaida thinks that the the uh, the love interest person partner. Oh, friend. yeah. Kaida. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, but you know, she just shows up in the beast world, like chilling, like, oh, hey, like they, they, they show me how to get here. And it's just like, <laughs> and so it's like, you have this whole sort of, and especially like, all right, at least he was a kid when he first showed up, she's mm. showing up like grown. And it's just like, oh, this is nice. Like, this is where you've yeah. been, so cool. She just saw a giant whale come right. out of the sidewalk. I don't think beast people are gonna be nearly as terrifying. <laughs> yeah, also that whale uh, draw a connection to Leo and the dragon flying through the city. Oh yeah. my God, yeah, definitely. We got our definitely. mythical beasts for our mythical boys. Well, I also <laughs> found it so funny that like earlier, I remember early on kind of being like, oh, like a theme that I'm noticing is this whole like very obvious setup of like man versus nature, right? Like, and so I was like, okay, ultimately, right? Like the, the whole spin on it is going to be like, man is nature, nature is man. And like, I find it really cool how they, like how serious they actually took that and dove into it. It wasn't, I don't think like, um, 
something that they did just off the cuff. But it was really funny because I was something about the film reminded me about Moby Dick. And then they literally brought up Moby Dick. And then I was like, oh, wow, nail on the head. And then the fucking whale actually showed up. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I thought it, I mean, I thought it was cool. And like, ultimately I do want to like talk about how darkness is represented in this in this film um but yeah I guess um Liv you had a you had a point you wanted to make it's so it's interesting because you said you felt it was more like man versus nature where I got a very man versus self thing from it as opposed especially because that's one of the main like themes of Moby Dick obviously if you already know that because you've read the book or because they just lay it out for you in this movie like obviously it's the struggle within himself but and so you see that like with Kyuta, which you don't I mean, you see it throughout like of him, you know, this coming of age story. And then ultimately in the end when he's struggling with his own darkness. But then you're also seeing. Um, oh, my God. Help me out with his name. Ichi, Ichiro Hiko. Ichiro Hiko. Like you also see it with him like and even though, you know, he becomes the whale, he's getting swallowed up by this darkness because he's fighting all of the feelings that he's had by feeling othered, just like how Kyuta did um, throughout, you know, them both being raised in the, the, you know, the beast world. But, you know, Kyuta was raised already knowing that he was human. And then Ichiro Hiku, yes, <laughs> um, like just straight up didn't know and was like lied to, which like you kind of feel you feel for the dad i mean because it's like you don't want to crush their feelings i guess i don't know but that sucks like oh don't worry your 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 tusks will grow in someday like this might be like, it's like a little <laughs> controversy corner but i knew that kid was a human oh, we all from did. the we moment all did. Like... Come on. from the mo- which is also funny which like i also thought because because when i first saw him on screen i was like ah he's a human and I was like, they're going to become best friends. Aww. And then I thought it was really funny that he became really good friends with the, the little kid who was like bullying him at first. And then as soon as he showed his strength, he's like, you're cool. You should hang out. You should come to my house. We have awesome candy. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I got more of a, a man versus self. Like, I mean, I can understand man versus nature. If you're talking about like man versus like the, his surroundings, because you do have the differences between the beast world and the human world and like how Kuta carries himself in both realms. I definitely think it is both. Like there's man versus Mm -hmm. nature, but then ultimately that is man versus self. Mm -hmm. Hannah? (laughs) I just want to comment on everything Olivia said. It's funny because I'm so dense. I did not realize he was a human. Like when I first saw him, I was like, (laughs) oh, he looks kind of like a human. And then I was like, oh, you're just like, one of those hot demons that looks like a human. You know what I mean? Because that's just also very normal in fantasy. Uh, and then mm. I was like, oh, he was concealing his face because he was ashamed that he hasn't grown tusks or whatever. Um, but I agree that I, I, I don't think I saw as much of a man versus nature as much of a, a man versus self. And like, you know, both the ways that you have to kind of fight your own darkness individually, but I actually think that uh, a theme very much was, you know, with within the othering, a, 
a major theme was community. And I don't think anyone in the movie overcame their own darkness alone. Like it was very much, everyone was aided uh, by someone else that they were close to. So the main character, Kyuta, I mean, he both needed this like, uh, like multiple father figures to support him. Um, uh, his girl as well and he also was supporting his girl I'm sorry I forget her name um Kaede. I, Kaede. <laughs> I only remember because I've been watching so much Inuyasha uh, she is also kind of forgettable hot take oops I, no, I, I actually <laughs> really like her yeah Lisa no. Lisa let's uh, not go there right now sorry sorry I will defend her wow. too I actually thought all of her lines were really hot in the movie, personally. Um, Yeah, and I mean, I think I, you know, was just talking to a friend last night um, just about community uh, in in general. And I think like a comment I made was like, I'm really not a resilient person on my own. Like the resilience or my ability to endure things completely comes from community that I'm able to build well and so I think that that's kind of the core of the movie because so much of it is about strength and so much of like the um the beast uh character it's like I did this on my own but he clearly is wasn't being his best self and like uh cuta uh, could have been ended up like that but because of like the community the found family um and the people who cared for each other it's like he was able to become his truest and strongest self um so i think like yeah if you had to boil down like what the movie w- is about it's that your strength comes from your like chosen family and friends um and and part of that too like uh something I, I, you know what, I guess this is actually a little closer to the, the darkness point. Because um, the book that jumped out for me, I, it's not as popular of a reference as Moby Dick, but Heart of Darkness. Mm-hmm. And like that journey into a place where it's also humans, but it's a so completely different from the the town they live in normally, that it's like this journey in, it gets deeper and deeper. And it's like, these humans have become like beasts and like at what point, like where is that line? Um, but like, that's the movie that was in my mind because it's literally the darkness is in their heart also. Yeah. Um, in a very like mm-hmm. on the nose way, but like um, something too about like the difference between the two people competing to be grandmaster, um, you know, our big boy, our big bear, um, he, had the, the the strength was in his heart. And for the Hogman, the strength was in appearance. He looked strong and he had all these people following him and he presented strength. But part of that strength and appearance was his downfall because that's why he protected the the uh, the son from realizing they were human, because it was the appearance that was important and trying to keep it unified. And the, like they say it explicitly in the movie that the question at the heart at, at the darkness the heart of it is what am I and the fact that he was so committed to maintaining appearance he didn't tell him the truth so he was growing up this whole time being told you're a beast but never appearing that way 
and that disconnect and the inability to answer that question because at least like for the main character for Ren like you know he knew he was a human before he got there so there was already established that there was this thing that he had to kind of work between whereas the one person was in the middle of it without the lifeline and like you know not answering that question goes on deeper and deeper until it really spirals so like if you don't have the community like the support network to answer it for you and help guide you it can lead that down that path which is what Ren recognized in them I think there's a, a really interesting like thing that comes from that, right? Which is um, in the film, they say beasts can become gods, but humans cannot. But then also the grandmaster also says that only humans are capable of this deep darkness, right? Um, and it's interesting to see how in the like in the beast world, there are things that we would consider dark right like pride or um kind of like this uh just like different aspects of a society that in the human world would kind of like feed our understanding of a of a concept of darkness um that don't necessarily translate to the beast world so i do like i do find it interesting how these like there's like this kind of opposing view of these features right but then also I think uh, it ties into this like idea of what is darkness and you see it in the in the brothers that are the the uh, children of one of the candidates right to, to be the next grandmaster they're the children of um, Yozen um, and I find it I find it really interesting how they both show uh, characteristics that one might consider dark characteristics but how it affects them differently right um so i think i think they're like a very interesting example of what that darkness can be um livia um this is going back to what you were saying josh about like keeping up appearances more or less which i do think that's part of it but didn't yozen also say in the end where he was like i thought if it was me raising him this darkness wouldn't happen so like on the one hand, like I do think it keeping up appearances as like, cause obviously he's a human, he's not gonna have any like beast features or whatever. Um, I guess more of a sense of like, I don't wanna say arrogance cause I don't really think he's that, I didn't get a very good, I didn't get arrogance from his character necessarily, but the idea that you think like you're the special case, like I know humans like have this incredibly you know, huge darkness inside of them that they're capable of. But if I raise this kid like that, that couldn't possibly happen because it's me. Like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, you know? Um, and then also uh, how you see the darkness in both of the, of Yozin's children too. Um, I think it's funny how it was presented. I mean, again, I, I'm giggling because I thought <laughs> Kyoto would have been friends with with uh, the human one and not not the uh, the other one. Um, but like you think he's the bad guy because he's like you know bullying him. He's like you're just a weak little human and 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 then like such a 180 when Kyoto like you know gets a backbone and is like stronger and can like defend himself. Um, but then the first time like when he's being picked on. I think it's interesting how the darkness is kind of hinted at by his projection 
of like, he's just a human. Like it's like backhanded in a way where it's like, don't hurt him. Like you're, he's not really being like noble or he's like acting noble, but he's saying all this backhanded stuff. Like he's just a weak little human. He can't do anything. Like you're being mean. He's just a dumb little fucking human. Like he might as well have just said that. It's like, but it's more like okay, we get it. You're afraid. <laughs> like, listen, we know something you don't know. <laughs> Hannah than MK. I, I mean, I actually don't think uh, Ichiro was being condescending when he was first uh, protecting Kyoto. Uh, but what I think is interesting is uh, Ren slash Kyoto uh, came into the Beast World and everyone was like, oh, you are a human. The othering kind of began immediately. Uh, and it was like the Beast's othering Ren. But like he kind of like grew like I don't know there's also a theme of acceptance so he like accepted himself and slowly like the community also accepted him as well when they saw how strong he was getting but then Ichiro on the other hand wasn't the community was shielded from that the community did not know his true identity and he didn't know his true identity so he like the othering began like he did the othering to himself and was like isolating himself from like his own self-acceptance, which I think is like that type of shame is what grew that darkness within him. And this like, he was taking it out on the person that he was the most similar to actually, which I think just we tend to do a lot as humans. Like to, we are growing up to like hate this thing that we're actually like, very similar to sometimes. Um, but then it took Ren and it took that other human to actually come and save him. But I think like that that was the difference in like fathering. Like the lion character was just trying to shield him and hide him from the hard truth. Whereas uh, Kumatetsu, like he turned out to like, the, the other one was a better leader, but Kumatetsu I think was like a, a better father because he just knew how uh, he already knew what it was like to be abandoned so they had that similarity and then he also like he, there was this like unconditional acceptance of who Ren was and also this desire to be like I'm not cutting you any fucking slack you know um, and I think that Kumitsetsu needed to grow into be a leader and the other line character needed to grow and perhaps being a more accepting father and I think Grandmaster Rabbit out here knew that or knew that they both had to grow thinking about the darkness and like where the darkness comes from and the reason that it's something that only comes up in the humans and it isn't prevalent in the beast people is my kind of reading of it is that the darkness comes from when you uh reject yourself and you reject your like true identity so that's why I think that even when the beast people can have characteristics that we might um, see as uh, dark, if they're being true to themselves in behaving that way, then that's not like they're, they're in their light. Whereas when we first see the darkness, when um, Ren is running away from home when he's nine and there's that like shadow person that appears like in the backlit billboard. Um, and at that moment, he's saying like, 
I hate them. I hate them. Like, and he's having this, who am I, who am I without my family? Like this upending, like uncertainty. But when he finds a home with Kumitetsu, that kind of goes away and it doesn't come back until he's faced with that um, uncertainty about who he is. So I think the reason it overwhelmed um, Ichiro Hiko is probably because not only did he feel isolated, he knew, even if he didn't realize he was a human, he knew something was different about him. He didn't have that community connection. And then all of a sudden he sees this human getting to live his truth, live his life, live in light. And whether or not it connected for him, I think there was some sort of realization that he has what I don't. And that's probably where it manifested. Well, just to jump on that real quick, I think something that's like a, like a really good illustration of that point um, and a correction is that he says the, the ghost is saying, I hate you, oh. which is important because it's I hate you, the other people, but you're saying I hate you and he can come back to that and it'll start now it's saying it to him. Now he's the other person that it's, so it's like that attacking of the self, but the, the, the I hate you, it's, it's other people and it's you. Like when it's just looped like that, but yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad y'all um, bring up the the darkness and we've been kind of like, I think starting to like step into it a little we've bit. We've been flirting um, with the darkness. We've been flirting with the darkness, just a teensy bit. This whole um, series we have since episode one. <laughs> since, since the pre-episode one, since episode True. X. I think MKU hit on something very, um, on a good point in which like the darkness that is representative that comes to be this like very like strong opposing force and the human world is very much caused by like a suppression um, and like a deep, deep like othering that is directed inwards, right? It's like, not only have you now like noticed the othering that has been imposed upon you, but you're now beginning to otherize yourself to the point of like creating this like repressed being, right? And I think that's that's kind of like what this film is pointing at is, is one of like the root causes of darkness, right? Um, and also not being able to accept that that is a, an aspect of who you are. Um, but I think it's that extreme repression that causes the kind of like the the disingenuous shift right um that doesn't happen in the beast world because like you said i think with beasts right or in their world whenever they have something that we might be like whether it be laziness whether it be pride whether it be like just like brute stupidity at times right like these things like they're very gen genuine to who they are and they like don't necessarily repress that aspect of themselves right um and i i almost wonder if like in this way number one if darkness is always evil quote unquote um and also like talk about how the darkness is represented in this film because it's serving me like dream drop realness honestly mk <laughs> it did it did have some kingdom hearts ass moments um <laughs> but yes. I, do, I i just wanted to to uh kind of connect two of our previous topics real quick of like the surveillance of of the cameras and and the like the darkness uh or the um self-suppression where i think that when you 
understand and acknowledge that you are constantly being observed and having to fit into a society, whether or not you realize that you might start denying true aspects of yourself that you feel like because you are being observed, you can't act a certain way. So I think that that's another thing that like, oh, that's why the human world has this and the beast world doesn't necessarily. Yeah. Um, in this case, like the, like, all right, you have darkness. Like what's the opposite of that light? The light is the connection. It's other people. So it's not inherently bad on its own. It's just a lack of connection. Because even the beginning of the movie is darkness until the two lights show up. And then they're the ones who bring you the story. And something too with the surveillance and the cameras, the way a lens on a camera works, it needs light to capture things. And the fact that the whale doesn't show up in the cameras means that there are forms of non-light that appear in the world and can be engaged with and have a reality to people that aren't necessarily evil. They're just present. So it's kind of like, uh, this this spectrum of presence and non-presence and connection and non-connection but i don't think it's you know necessarily good or bad it's kind of ambivalent you know um interestingly enough i think just uh to talk about how they are not necessarily um all chaotic but just to like see the play between um like light and darkness is i guess to say just like the way light is represented in this film is very beautiful right whether it be light or whether it be darkness i think just both are represented in these very like visually striking ways throughout the film right like anytime there's like a really like good feeling sort of thing you get a lot of these like gorgeous like amber colors right in the background and in the um just like kind of in the way the like the characters themselves are painted also like they kind of have like almost like a glow to them um and then in these like very like dark or like tenuous like confusing times there is just this like shadow right like i think the the represent the representation is is very not only clear but also very beautiful in how it's presented um I like how in the in the maze to get in between the the human world and the and the beast worlds that there's uh all of like that not only is it all of these dark alleyways but there's always this like flower that has a beam of light on it right to help like point your way right I I find it just like so 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 beautiful um and just another kind of like artistic note to notice the difference between the two worlds is that the greats in the human world are all like, they just look like greats, but then in the beast world, they all have a design of a maze on them. And it's it's like a really interesting style choice that's going on in the background, right? And that I think is very beautiful in how the world is represented. And that's part of going back to the contrast. Like that was one of the first stylistic things that jumped out was when he accidentally gets into the maze, it's dark and gloomy, but there are just flowers popping like they're bright and vivid and like they're just in these kind of hallways and it's like who's watering them who's what light are they even growing from and I mean this is just I, I feel like it's obvious but it has to be said but there is no darkness without light there is no light without darkness it is like a type of balance that has to exist yeah there is no baby without cry Oh, there is no cry without baby. Can I can I say this this movie certainly I I was 
I tears were streaming down my face. Oh yeah, it, it got me. It got me good. Uh, none of us would have would have been able to stay with him. He says in the first like ten minutes, he's like, "Don't if you start crying, you're out." I don't like criers. I don't like blubbering. <laughs> I felt such a deep love and connection with. I mean, with both of them, like from the get go, mm-hmm. I was kind of just like you both just need a hug and like I would have been very much I think like not to like draw a comparison between Miyazaki and Hisoda which like is definitely something that apparently in the blogosphere is like very very big right like yeah, people on the internet like to say that <laughs> yeah it's like a very common theme that gets up but I would have been kind of like the Sophie in Howl's Moving Castle in the scenario of like the boy and the beast like I kind of just would have shown up and been like I guess kind of like what um Hyaku ended up being kind of like just the monk that's just chilling around and like handing out advice every once in a while and just being like okay well you kids go have fun right (laughs) and actually one little thing I wanted to say uh just I've been uh taking my Japanese lessons um Hyaku is a hundred like so like if you're in counting like to say 100 Kyuta is like uh uh nine like you're you're nine years old I'm gonna call you this I'm like does that mean this is just some old ass monk <laughs> like ah, you know, oh my God. like why super wise because because mm-hmm. the other thing too about like the beast world is we don't really see much aging other mm-hmm. than the youth like the youth ages and there are old people like the one master like turns to stone she's clearly very old but I kind of get the feeling that the the beast people age much slower um than humans do yeah for sure for sure which and I do just shout out to yeah the monkey and the pig like they were such good like auxiliary characters that kind of like you know I I feel like uh uh Kumatetsu was not the best parental figure in terms <laughs> of just like his rashness <laughs> and this and that but I feel like with the three of them together they all balanced out to make a really good like uh like parental unit <laughs> daddy thruple daddy thruple <laughs> yo okay look I'm so glad I'm not the only one that picked up on that <laughs> it like ties back to this whole community thing True. I mean it takes a village you know to like raise a kid and like I it Honestly, it reminded me of when I was growing up. I mean, obviously I'm lucky, like I still have both of my parents, but like I had many other people that weren't my family, but they were like friends of my mom's and they were our chosen family. And like, you know, so many like mainly gay couples uh, who were just like always around to like help take care of me when I was growing up, like whether it was like taking me to school or picking me up or just like hanging out with me coming over for dinner all the time like I felt like I had like a lot of different parents you know and so I think that was really crucial for his own character development because he Kyuta has that feeling of abandonment but like you have these two I just thought they're great I thought it was so nice I loved them both the baboon and the and the freaking pig monk I was so cute loved him yeah, it took me forever to find, um, actually find the name for the the um, 
monkey guy, right? Like mm-hmm. I like kept looking for like when they introduced him. And at one point yeah. I remember them saying Tata-kun. So I was like, all right, so his name like is Tata something, right? Um, mm-hmm. But then finally, when I looked up the, the character names, um, his name's Tatara. Um, Tatara. And he's great. Oh. I love him. I love him. I love Tatara. I love uh, Hyaku as well. Um, would like to I think next direct us to um the topic of strength because I think this film presents strength in a number of different ways and I think it um lends itself to having I don't know just a discussion about right um and so I kind of wanted to start us off by asking each of you like what does strength mean to you um how do you see it represented in the film um and how and what do you think the film is trying to kind of like tell us about strength and the ways in which it is presented um well earlier i mentioned how it kind of feels like the the point of the movie is that strength comes from like your community or the people around you but i also think that strength comes from your ability to maintain like your truth and to um, stay true to yourself and like what you want in life and like what feels right to you. And I like personally uh, throughout my life, I'm, I'm a very, uh, I kind of spin in circles. Like I'm like interested in this, then that, then this, then that. And I never know where I'm going and I feel very uh, all over the place. But the one thing that I try to maintain is like, remembering my core principles and my core interests and kind of as long as those exist in what I'm doing I'm happy with myself in that way and I I think that like it's the continuous striving to better yourself and acknowledging that you can better yourself and um uh that it's not just you that needs to be there to make it happen but the people around you uh and and that's like my favorite take because you know in the movie they they had so many answers to what is strength and I think that that was my kind of favorite take on it yeah I mean I think Kyoto hit the nail on the head when he said uh that I think his first comment when they were walking back and arguing was he was like it, it sounds like strength can be a lot of things um and to your point mk i think people uh draw their strength and ha- have strengths in different ways and draw like the where they draw their strengths come from can differ as well because all of their answers were different they were all strong in different ways they all clearly had a different belief system uh for what that strength is and where they got it from And yet they all acknowledged their different limits as well, which I thought was very powerful. Like uh, there was someone who was doing telekinesis or illusion and he was like, can you scratch my back, (laughs) you know? Uh, (laughs) Which was maybe the most relatable character. I'm like, I also have lower back problems, (laughs) you know? Um, But but yeah, and then, you know, I think for, Kumatetsu and Kyoto, they drew a lot of their strength from each other and from this like teacher, apprentice, mentor, mentee relationship. They had like 
there wasn't one without the other and Kumitetsu could not win that battle alone you know he needed that extra strength and like Kyoda slash Ren to be there and to believe in him uh for him to actually win the match so um I think that with uh especially when they go to visit all the different uh, teachers and masters. Um, there is like a lot of variety in their answers, um, obviously, because it's a philosophical journey for them at that point during that montage. But um, I feel like something that is consistent throughout them all is that uh, there is like a sense of persistence that all of the forms of strength have a continuation on them, that they that it's not just like uh, something that just crops up and goes. It's about, it's about maintaining something. And, you know, each person draws from different things, but there is this sort of ongoing connection with something that exists. Um, and, uh, you know, I also think that it's kind of a, a distinction to draw between strength and power. Because I think about uh, the one character who gets more consumed by the darkness. They're very powerful, but I don't think at that point they're necessarily strong. Because there's a lot of vulnerability in them, a lot of doubt. So that connection isn't up, is not being upheld. And so there's power being practiced by, by them, but there's not necessarily strength being practiced. Because a lot of their thing was this insane power when... The strength was not there and about falling apart um so I, I i just saw like the the big thread throughout them all was just the connection and maintaining the connection to whatever it is you're drawing your power from and then that would be the strength yeah to your to your point yash um i think there's like i think the film does kind of like show that there's like a progression, right, or like a like a, um, a a narrative to how it is like one develops their strength, right? Like even the people, even the like the grandmasters who all have like I guess kind of like their realm of like knowledge or philosophy that they draw from, right? And say like, oh well, strength is this, but a commonality, a common theme between all of them is kind of like even though they're so sure about what strength is or the lesson they're trying to impart. Part, all of those have all of, in order to reach all of those levels of strength you would have had to go through a journey to get there right um and i think you see that very visibly obviously with with um Kuda slash ren who is the you know the protagonist um you see him go through like a series of like at one point he does think that strength is just power right but then he moves on and he's like oh well maybe there is strength in relationships maybe there is strength in knowledge right like there's these different kind of like ways in which he starts to draw sh his concept from strength and then ultimately lands in this like oh well strength is my t my like my ties themselves right like not only my relationships but like what bonds our hearts together like that is strength right and um very much in the end i think it is what brings him back from the darkness right and not until he even like is able to have that like sword in his heart moment um is he able to like fully vanquish the darkness right um which uh, which is very, very beautiful, I think, in the way that the film presents it. 
Um, but I, I almost wonder if there is like, if those steps that he takes are like linear to one another, like does he have to learn strength and power to then learn, understand strength and knowledge to then understand strength and relationships or can they, and do they, grow at different points i think that kind of back to the point about like the strength being the connection i think that everyone's going to have their own philosophical journey at their own pace they're going to make their own mistakes and the mistakes are important and i think that like the strength of the bond with people you know how often do they yell at each other and run away but then they're all hanging out at the house still and it's like you have you have to have like the strength has to be at least in uh, like there, even if you're having like moments where you're in and out of it, you are still supported by a network where people have strength in themselves. And then by being together, that can be its own support. So I think like the lines and how they travel are very different, but what's supporting them can, you know, like that, like that's, I think where like the role strength plays in allowing them to have the room to grow. Y'all just took the words out of my mouth. So, I mean, I'm just chilling. <laughs> Y'all said everything that was in my brain. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> uh, what they said. <laughs> exactly what they said. And I, I think I, like one more small point, like uh, when there was like the training sequence earlier on in the movie and like uh kumatetsu's like the sword in your heart is important you know and then like that comes back later on in the movie like it was funny uh <laughs> yosh and i were watching and i we both like made a movement after that line and i think we probably both wrote it down in our notes um and then like when it came back later i was like yes because it just like felt like such a perfect um a uh, phrase in that it's not just about a literal sword that can cut and I think also it's kind of cool that throughout the uh, movie like they emphasize that we're not actually using our swords like as blades like it's more like you know a wooden practice sword almost um, uh, but just the the sword in your heart being like what keeps you on your path, what keeps you sharp, what keeps you focused and like moving to improve yourself. And uh, uh, I, I just liked that as a focus because in my head, I'm like, this bear just like reincarnated in this kid's heart. And now he has to sit through him going to college. And like, I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, I thought this was a beautiful movie. I would not have chosen to go back to the human world. And like, listen, I get it. Grass is always greener. He's been in the beast world for a while. And I get it. You know, he need, he wanted to learn more stuff. There was more things that he didn't know that he wanted to learn. And I'm like, good for you. I think that's awesome. Literally the, in the end, it's like, I'm going to live an ordinary life and have an ordinary job and lemon in. And I'm like, why, why? Yeah, like he why kind of just like that? sits down for the rest of his life. I think they even say he's just like, he went he to college and then just never drew his sword like, again. I'm like, again. Okay. But, but he sure drew a lot of debt to go to school, right? Oh, yeah. like, I would have not chosen. What do you mean you're going back to the, do you know how often I wish I, even now, not just as a younger kid, even now I'm like, damn, I wish I could just find a crazy ass maze in the middle of fucking Philadelphia and then boom, 
I don't have to deal with the human world shit ever again. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that was him wanting to grow in different ways. And a, a huge theme of the show is whenever he ran away, that's when the shadow thing would show up. So this was like acceptance in a different way. I also like that when they were asking different grandmasters about what strength was, some of them just straight up never answered the question. <laughs> you know, they were like, I don't know why you're asking me that. Like, I'm gonna turn back into a stone. Thank you. <laughs> Your question's irrelevant. I guess also, like, obviously I'm e- exaggerating because I do agree, like, this is the next phase of his life. Like, obviously the pursuit of knowledge, stuff that he like, hasn't been around, the relationship with his actual father, like, all of this is, a like, inherent to his own personal growth, and I accept that, and I acknowledge it, and think it is crucial to his character and the story. I just, like, I just find it funny. Um, I just find it funny, because you could just be hanging out with all those crazy gods and stuff, and beautiful, like, magical golden land. <sighs> I don't know. Happy that he got to learn to read, though. It's a whole new world. He was so stoked. That was really, he really was. nice. That that was really nice. The la- the little ling- language lesson and the oh, like yeah. cute piano music in the background. I was sold. I was just like, the, okay, fine. Just the one like uh, scene of him just like like lying on the ground and holding the book above his head and like smiling. It made me very happy. One of my friends, uh, her niece just learned how to read. And she's like so excited about it and like wants to read everything. And it's really, really cute. And we were talking about how like when you read a whole other world opens up for you. And so it was very cute to like see him like really, really happy that he could be reading and stuff. That was very nice. One other sort of like challenge with trying to like grasp strength that I experienced during the movie is there was like a point in the film where he's like kind of deciding between like Ren's deciding do I stay with like my biological dad or do I go back and like live in this world where I've like grown up and these are the people that I'm connected to. But in my head, I was just like, I had seen it as you're just choosing between strong dad and weak dad. (laughs) But I do think that that I can challenge myself a little bit on that point because we don't know what strengths the dad can present. We have this little glimpse into his window, this whole, the whole idea of, questioning strength in this really like should let me think at least a little bit longer before I make that conclusion well and also I think at one point the dad said like he never gave up looking for him even long after the head like the family had given up on him so I I think in a way he can be seen as strong for that Liv I mean, yeah, imagine having to, in like, living your life enduring that, like, you have no idea where your son is, and it, like, it really did, you know, touch my heart, too, um, when uh, Ren slash Kyuta, like, goes, and, like, he ha- finally has his dad's address and, he, address, and he tries to go knock on the door, and he can't do it, and then when he's walking back, but he sees him, and, like, it's so heartbreaking, because at first he doesn't recognize him, but then his dad just straight up runs and hugs and starts, like, crying in public, which, like, if you had gone through that, like from the dad's side, your whole life, like how strong he must have been to just keep going when he clearly didn't know where his his son was or what happened. Like there was a lot of love there. And he also was strong enough to be like, I'm fucking crying in the middle of the street with all these people. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I don't know. Hell yeah. Major, major family feels for sure. That was very sweet. Very, very sweet. 
I found it really funny how um, the director ended up being the director of the Digimon movie um, because I was just like, there is something very stylistically that I just love about it. And I think part of it is because the style in which it's done just reminds me so much of the style of the Digimon movies. And I just was like, wow, this is beautiful. Like, I love this. I do just want to um, experience this art style again. It's very, very, very him. Um, all right, y'all. Well, um, this kind of brings us up to closing statements. I would say if anyone has last minute say-sos or things we wish that we would have delved into deeper, if we could have, et cetera, et cetera. I kind of have like three points that I wanted us to touch on, which was because we had people who watched the sub and we had people who watched the dub, kind of like talk about that as just a quick closing statement, um, whether it has any rewatch value and whether you would recommend it to anyone. Um, but anyways, closing statements, y'all. Liv? Um, well, number one, I would definitely recommend this movie. I think this was a really, really good pick loose I really liked it um yeah I watched the the dub and the sub I liked the dub better I think I for a couple things which I don't want to go in like like too long about it um but I just found I got completely different characters like character feels from both um like in the in the English dub Kaede's character is like way more flirty and like it's strange um and I think I could tell with like Cute's character in the dub too, he sounded older. He didn't sound like a 17 year old, like when, when he ages, like he sounded way, way older. Gosh. I, I only saw the sub admittedly um, for this, uh, but I mean, I, I, you know, I don't have anything to compare it to, but I think that it's still delivered on the characters. Um, I think that it definitely has a rewatch value um, because of I there was a part where I had like made a joke out loud, but then accidentally called what was about to happen. Um, There's the the montage of them doing the sword fight. And I'm like, he's about like he's going to get like older, older and not just like just like a couple months because it, it was the sort of thing where like they even hinted earlier where like they said that the training takes five to ten years. So it's like, was he going to be some special ex exemption where in three months he's an expert? Like, no, they actually put in the time and the work, but they're doing the sword fight. I'm like, this is, he's about to get like way fucking older. And then boom, like way older. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, I, the voice acting was, was good. Um, I did laugh a lot at a, the first time you're introduced to the pig character. <laughs> um, and MK made a good point that pigs are genetically close to humans. Right. Like, and that they're it, very intelligent. But like when you first saw him, it to me, it looked like someone just like took a photo of someone working in the office, working on the movie and then just dragged a pig nose over it. Cause like, he's so human <laughs> that like when I first saw him, I just laughed. I like, didn't even know what to do. Cause like I was that just Twilight like, Zone episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. eye of the beholder. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, I was just like, Oh, okay like all right and but like also what a bridge between the two worlds like the one who really does look like a human and the beast because there's ob the obvious signifiers of the ears and the nose but like for the most part it just looks like a normal dude like <laughs> um and i think too like the only part that um 
I enjoyed the soundtrack a lot. I don't necessarily think it was working at all points. I think there was like, I think it helped, um, especially in the moments uh, of training and like trying to get a sense of the passage of things. Like it understands progression well. I just don't know, like for me, the, the parts where it wasn't exactly hitting was the drama. Like the music wasn't, that, that was the only thing where it felt slightly different. Um, but yeah, also this is, uh, the soundtrack for this is getting put on vinyl, which is funny. Um, I think Milan Records is doing it. They also did Promare on vinyl. So go back an episode, get your, t- your turntables out. Um, but yeah, I think the voice acting was good. And I'm sure the score was probably the same for both. Um, I know occasionally they change it depending, but yeah, that's where I felt on it. I'd watch it again and I'd recommend it. Hell yeah. Um, I'm really glad you brought up the music because it's actually, it's definitely something that like, I love the soundtrack for this movie. I think it's really beautifully done. And I do agree. I think it's interesting that at times the soundtrack doesn't necessarily match up with certain parts of the movie. Like it almost feels like it has more life on its own. And I've gone and I've just listened to the soundtrack just like without watching the movie. Um, And it's a beautiful, like it's a beautiful fantasy like movie soundtrack like there's parts of it that sound like lord of the rings at times honestly like the orchestra is gorgeous um and there was like there was a couple times during the movie where i felt like the music and the movie did match up beautifully and like one of those was the introduction into the spirit world like the so the track on the soundtrack is called attractive force and i feel like it just narratively and image wise like plugs into it really really well um the other one that i really really loved which had like a very like sufian feel to it um was the training session or like right before the training session where kuta is starting to um mimic uh kuma a little that track is called cosmos in a child and it's just so much fun and it's so flirty and it's where he like grabs the broom and he's like learning that you have to like do the step work the footwork to get it down and like there's just something so so beautiful about how they interact so yeah definitely like major props to the soundtrack i only watched the subversion i've i've seen it three times and i've actually watched the subversion all three times so i haven't heard the dub version yet but it definitely does seem like some of the just from what y'all have said some of the like personalities of the characters might have been different. Um, I think that's to go back to our previous controversy is where I was kind of like Kaede, eh, whatever, just because especially with at the, like, I don't know, I just question marks. Okay, I have questions. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, I definitely would rewatch it again. I think it's just, I, it's one of those films that where I've seen like people kind of be like, oh, well, it's very like simple in the, in the, how it's presented. I can see that, but I also can see that because it has a bit of a formula to it, how you can like dive into it and like take those pieces apart and look for like deeper meaning in all of them. Cause I've definitely gotten more out of a rewatch and even from just like our conversation, thinking about certain scenes now, I'm already like, wow, that's something new, you know? So 
I would definitely recommend it. And I definitely think it has rewatch value. And I think the next time I watch it will be in English. I, I don't know. I instantly liked this movie. I felt like it was really easy to watch. There really weren't points that I felt bored of, which isn't hard to do for a plot that's like character driven rather than plot driven. Uh, I love the music. I love the cuts where sometimes the view would linger on a character and their reaction and then slowly pan over. I, yeah, I, and I would particularly recommend this movie to like my niece or nephew or something. So I thought it was great. Good pick, Luce. Yeah, for real. Hell yeah. Um, so similarly, I, I recommend this movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I think to your point, Hannah, it's the type of movie that it's like a good one to have on your shelf and you can kind of show it to anyone. Like, I think that you can show it to a kid, you can show it to someone who isn't even into anime and it's very accessible while not being shallow, which is nice. Um, I also watched it in Japanese, uh, I would love to go back and, and watch the dub. Uh, I think that something I liked about the version that uh, I watched is that there was at least some translator notes about the explanations where, you know, it goes how it was like Qta and then it was like Q equals nine to, you know, there were some little like nice little um, explanations, uh, which I appreciated. I think that Honestly, I need to go back and pay more attention to the soundtrack. Uh, I can't say that I noticed it that much, but I feel like it's that kind of thing where it's like a good referee is one that you don't notice, right? It's like if it did, like I felt the emotions, I cried, like I was completely absorbed with the movie, which makes me think the music must have been uh, really helping. But I, I never, I, there weren't that many points where I was like, wow, the soundtrack is really, like it, it kind of melted into the background for me a little bit. So now I want to like go back with fresh eyes. So I guess there's even rewatch value for me there. Um, I did want to say uh, that there was one quote from um, uh, the, the pig monk <laughs> um, where he said like, those who work sincerely learn fast, which I thought was like a very good like, uh, thought to carry with me uh it's a very uh like I'm someone who loves to learn new things and and to like remind yourself that it's like the reason you're doing this is because it's sincerely a passion or an interest is something that I think can help you break through those like barriers where you feel like I'm just not getting this or this doesn't make sense to me um I also wanted to mention about the Digimon movie um, so yeah, this director did two Digimon movies in Japan. Then when they brought the Digimon movie over to the United States, it was a supercut of three different Digimon movies. The first two of which were this director. The third one was a different director. So that's why like it, he gets like co-director credits on um, the, the Digimon movie, like the American version. Um, but he basically did the... Uh, the first one, I forget what it's called, and the second one is called Our War Games, which is my favorite one, which is why when I then watch Summer Wars, I fucking love Summer Wars. It is such a good movie, and it's 
basically follows a very, very, very similar plot. But the thing that I really like about Summer Wars is it's got the same sort of like uh, familial feeling to it, where it's like the sort of found family and the importance of community and how everyone can work together to solve a problem. Um, and that one, the the art and the direction is is gorgeous. So I, I just like, I love the Digimon movie unironically, but I also love Summer Wars. Um, and yeah, I, I would absolutely rewatch. I would absolutely recommend. Um, and I just think the, specifically to me, the direction is what shown brightest in this movie. Like the, the sort of camera choices in when uh, point of view would pivot or like what was shown and the little details like that. Also, just one other thing I wanted to add um, to what I was uh, saying in my conclusion is like, I think that it's one of the deeper movies we've seen so far. I mean, we don't have many to go from for comparison, but I mean, com especially compared to Promare, I they're kind of similar lengths, I believe, closer to two hours. Promare mm -hmm. felt a lot longer to me. Yeah. There was a point in Promare where I felt it lagging and kind of just dragging itself a little whereas boy and the beast it was you were in you were intellectually engaged with and stimulated the entire time even when there wasn't action going on there was dialogue and the dialogue was very provocative because it's just it's such like a it's such a, a an informed and like philosophically based movie because it, it is about the action it's about the romance the drama but like so much time is spent talking about what goes behind these things and like what informs it and what like how do you conceptualize yourself the people around you your motivations and i just think it works on completely different level than the other stuff i mean tokyo godfathers i think is also similarly um it gets real you know in a way in a way that boy and the beast can too um but I, I, you know, I just, I think that it was definitely uh, very, just the, the, it was so rich. The whole thing was a very rich experience, which I think, especially with the dialogue, like that, that awesome line that you just mentioned um, about uh, like, work, uh, like the working. Yeah, those who work sincerely learn fast. Yeah, like, like I didn't even catch that. And like, so there's all these little nuggets, which especially if you're showing it to someone who's younger, there's a lot of really good advice in it. Um, and one of the quotes that I really liked, <laughs> um, there's actually two. One was uh, uh, when, when the bear guy becomes the sword and he's like, I'll kick your ass from inside your heart. <laughs> I, I love that. The, the other one, I, I, I'm honestly forgetting it right now, but uh, or like at least exactly what it was. But essentially, if uh, like those who don't listen to others, like don't like they essentially can't give good advice. Like if you if you are not a, a listener, then like your speaking is is like affected by that in a negative way. That's so real. Yeah. And like that to me was like really someone that's really important advice. <laughs> like if someone that never listens to anyone, maybe not the best person to take advice from. Um, I, I just had one more small quick point about Kaide. Um I absolutely loved her character. I thought she was such a rock for him. Uh, she provided so much Thank strength you. and in no way, and I'm not dissing Lisa, but they are not comparable in any way to me. Um, 
I take that. <laughs> well, I just think it's a, a because at least plot wise, like like she she really she was like an anchor in this very like like Lisa was a plot device, sure, but like Kaide was this anchor um, point that he was able to help find the next stage of his life, and he probably would have been lost without her. And I think that whether or not there's a romance between them, I kind of saw them as friends more than romantic interest maybe I don't know but I uh I really really appreciated her character she was very understated but she was very important I I vibe with that I honestly I hope they remain friends and you know what MK we can duke this out in our um eventual controversy corner op-ed piece that we will (laughs) build into our website once we get to that level um I'll fight you with my words because I got the pen you know because you got the yeah you're the pen the reincarnation (laughs) of the pen and I guess if I'm just like a little spirit sprite, I can't really hold anything physical, but you know, whatever. Um, I'm a hoagie. I'm a hoagie. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, y'all, I think that brings us to um, possibly, I don't know, one of the very exciting points in our show where we get to draw our next movie and thus our next dungeon manager. Oh, back up, back up, wow. <laughs> Uh, oh my god who's it gonna be this is some foley work right now we're we're hamsters inside of a cage walking around <laughs> in the ground uh let's see can i hold this up to camera olivia olivia oh my god i have so many people i'd like to thank <laughs> um oh dang okay this is actually good because i was i've been like really caught on on what to do um this hand or this hand? Uh, your the left. first one. This one? Anatomical yeah. left. All right. That one is this, AKA that will be Belladonna of Sadness. Woo. Okay. So we Woo. will be watching. I have no clue what that is. Oh. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's from 1973. Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure according <laughs> to my anime list, it is considered a hentai. Really? Yeah. Cause I saw it. I saw it cause I was trying to look up like if there's any ways to like watch it. Um, cause it's, well, it was re-released on Blu-ray, which is how I saw it a while ago, like in theaters and stuff. Cause they were doing a big thing for it, but yeah, it had it like listed as hentai. I was like, are you sure though? Like, hmm. I know there's some naked bits, but like, are you sure? I, that makes sense though, historically, just cause I know that a lot of the, uh, anime in the U S had a hard time being adopted because culturally there was a lot more acceptance of nudity coming mm-hmm. from Japan so that when it came to the US it was just labeled as porn. Ah, uh, that's fair. True. So like even even with a lot of like the Italian mm-hmm. like art movies that art have just films. a lot of mm-hmm. nudity mm-hmm. in it, it was like this is too much to show in theaters, so mm-hmm. it's just going to be labeled as erotic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of high art erotic yeah. stuff that Well, we're going to get all into it in the episode. Woo-hoo! <laughs> You can follow us on Twitter at crybaby underscore anime. You can follow us on Instagram at crybaby underscore anime club. I think that's all the socials we have right now. <laughs> that's all we have within us to be social. That's it. That's all of our socials. We've expended them. That's the truth. Yeah. Well, I guess this is it, right? See you, see you next time. 
See you next time. Babies. Bye. Bye, Bye babies. Bye. Bye. Bye, babes.